0: Students around the world are finishing their qualifications so they can get ahead in life and make their contribution. If you are studying, researching, or thinking about it, you will need practical tips, techniques, coaching, and support to help you get finished and be successful. I'm Peter Alkema, the Student Success Coach, and welcome to the podcast. Each episode, I interview successful students and leaders in education so that you will learn everything you need right here. You will learn about writing, completing your thesis and other projects, planning, discipline, how to get more done, supervisors, getting published, getting finished, how to have the right discipline and many other aspects of student life. Whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, Google or any other podcast platform, please leave a rating and a review. Or if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, and leave a comment. Either way, please get in touch and let us know what you think of the show and what you want to hear more of. Please always check the show notes for links to courses, material, and plenty more so that you can use what you've learned in each episode, take action, and achieve your student success. Please also join the Student Success Coach community in our exclusive members-only Facebook group, where I post regularly and you can interact with fellow students just like yourself. Remember, you can't do this alone. So reach out, get involved and take advantage. It's my commitment to your success. Now for this week's episode. Let's do it. All right, good afternoon and welcome, everybody. Uh, We are live once again in our Friday lunchtime webinar. So uh, thanks very much to many of you who have joined us over the last few weeks as we've been getting these going. Um, I think we've covered some very valuable topics and we've had lots of great feedback from everybody. So uh, just uh, as everybody's coming online, please won't you just say good afternoon. Let us know that you can hear us and see us and uh, tell us where you're from very importantly so we've had lots of universities engage in these webinars and hopefully we've got some people from gibbs today so jeff i hope <laughs> you've got your loyal royal following uh coming online and uh hopping onto the live stream uh so guys please just do let us uh know where you're from we've had tucky's we've had pretoria we've had vits uh we've had cape town university we've had nelson mandela bay We've really had quite a a wide uh, group of people coming onto these uh, live streams, which has been absolutely fantastic. And I think, you know, hopefully lots of people getting value. So Cara, hi there, coming in from Tux. Uh, You're a loyal, regular listener. Um, So thank you for joining us today. And Kara is also very uh, involved and engaged and supportive in the Facebook group. So those of you that are looking for a, a safe space to get some encouragement and support, uh please do join the facebook group we'll put links and everything from there but jeff i mean we'll get into the interview just now but why don't while everybody's coming online you know tell us how is what is your day been like today i mean the the life of a, a sought after international speaker and 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 business <laughs> mba lecturer what's your friday been what did you have for breakfast
1: um well i don't generally eat breakfast believe it or not two double espresso i'm on the go which is very bad i know and after that what I've been doing is marking uh, pre-proposal for the certain PhD students, just see how they have been arguing, sentencing correctly and all that. But yeah, so far has been fun and I've been looking forward to this session for a while. So yeah, thank you for inviting me.
0: Only a pleasure, Jeff, and we've been looking forward to having you and also thanks for being part of our group, uh, our members only Facebook group as well. It's incredible uh, to have a double PhD uh in our group and we're going to talk a lot about that just now and find out what possessed you to do a second phd um so hi you great to have you on board and uh i know you is looking at getting into some research Uh, So I'm pretty sure that uh, she's gonna get lots of value from today. And just looking at a lot of the names on the chat, I recognize many of you from the Facebook group. If you're not in the Facebook group, please come and join us. And that's where you get a lot more um, sort of intimate and regular interaction and support and encouragement uh, from not only myself, but many of the other students who are also going through research and struggling with motivation and getting going in their studies. Often you just need that trigger of someone else that's in there with you, Um, It can be a very lonely journey uh, as we're going through our studies. So, great. Good to see everybody coming on. Let's see. University of Pretoria, uh, Tux uh, uh, Northwest, fantastic. CSIR, Nelson Mandela, University of Pretoria. Um, And I had a comment in the webinar last week to say that we really needed to get this out to the other universities, and I've been working very hard on um, doing that so hopefully next year as we do these on a regular basis we'll see many more universities coming online. we've got about 26 you know formal higher education university level institutions in the country and we're uh, great to have as many of those on board as possible guys let's get started i'm so keen to have you know jeff on the show and uh, get his incredible knowledge uh we are recording this for the podcast as well which will go out live next year so many people will be listening into this and uh getting lots of value even beyond the live stream today and the recording of it which will also be available on the youtube channel so please go and subscribe there and you'll get notifications of all the uh, new videos that uh, come online so jeff welcome and let's start with the first question why on earth would you do a second phd (laughs) and tell us about that process
1: all right, before I start talking about me, I need to spend um, one or two minutes to compliment about you. I think okay. this initiative of you, what you started is beautiful. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the Peter, Dr. Alkema, I know of, it's always so enthusiastic, so eager to, to help people. Um, I would like to take on a little bit of a memory land, how I first met this gentleman. Because I just started lecturing Gibbs, and I saw that mm, I need to really enhance my knowledge. Because lecture is not just, just about learning from the books. I need to learn from practitioners. And I started Googling, and this Peter's name pop out, and quite influential, very knowledgeable in the digital space. So I just took a chance to write to him, say, can we meet? I'd like to learn from you. And he booked an hour just for me. Only problem is, I'm rude to see him, I got mad. <laughs> I, remember I, I, remember <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. And then he still was so supportive. And through my PhD journey, um, I actually, I know, I think I acknowledge you in one of my acknowledgements. You are one of the person I acknowledge because whenever I talk to Peter, it just, he's just so inspirational. He helped me to think about um, different different ways of dealing with a problem so yeah thank you peter for accepting my coffee invitation right from the start appreciate it and i think one day we need to interview you in your own show
0: very <laughs> pleasure Be a pleasure jeff and thank you very much i remember that and I've said a couple of times in the webinars that you know I'm a real person, you're a real person, and really what we try and create with a community like this, and there are many others out there, is just a genuine safe space for students like ourselves to come in, get some value, have the discussions, get the support and the coaching, and we are building some content, we are building some structure, and we're trying to get this network out there for the benefit of students um, that are able to take advantage of this. So. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that trip mm-hmm. down memory lane, and, and thank <laughs> you to you. We've collaborated on a number of research papers. I've learned a lot from you, and you're a, just a fantastic guy and a good friend. So, I appreciate thank having you. you on the appreciate show today. It.
1: Cool. So, why did I do my second PhD? Long and short of it, I'm, I had a little bit of hiccup in my life, had a little bit of almost burnout, so I decided to quit my job. Because I look at myself, I ask myself this profound question. Is this um, all I want in life? South Africa has been so kind to me. It's this um, what it is. And just shortly before that, I did a, my second master's degree in executive coaching. I was going to coach someone else, but then I end up coaching myself out of the job. So I look around, what do I want to do? And it just happened in 2008 or Somewhere there, I went to New Orleans for a conference. I sat in the front row, Professor Clayton Christensen, one of the guru innovation, give a talk. And I was just fascinated by the topic. And since I quit my job, I just decided to take up another PhD. And one thing led to another, I just got lucky. I ended up lecturing at Gibbs. So that was it. But I'm not sure that I would advise anyone to do a second PhD, yeah, if you really want to, and maybe we can talk about this a little bit later, and see how the question unfolds.
0: No, that's super, Jeff, so I have asked everybody just to put a couple of questions in the chat, and I'll choose one or two um, to ask you, which will be uh, great for people that are are watching in, um, to really put Questions directly to yourself, and that'll be fantastic. But I mean, I guess let's just work through a couple of themes, uh, you know, with regards to postgraduate level research or people considering postgraduate level research. And I mean, a lot of people listening today on the podcast or watching on the live stream today or as a recording, you know, may be considering getting into to postgraduate level research. And, um, you know, the world has been disrupted as we know it, so things are changing. But I'm certainly still passionate about, you know, higher education and the value and the contribution that people can make through good, disciplined, rigorous academic research. But there is a personal journey to that. And I'd just like to unpack a couple of key themes. And I think you've got some incredible insights, you know, about that journey. So maybe let's just start, you know, from the heart. I mean, the the sort of purpose or the the sort of orientating your mindset around getting into it and why you would do it. Maybe, Maybe you've got some do's or don'ts on that one, Jeff.
1: Sure. Um, so I'm busy writing the book, but this has been a <laughs> yeah, long journey. But in my book, one of the chapters I talk about, stop looking for purpose. Try to look for meanings and energy. Because your purpose change along the way. But somewhere down the line, you we'll dig down deeper. What does this mean to you? What does it mean to the world? And if I do this, will that give me lots of energy? Maybe some of you want to do another PhD or a PhD or master degree, but maybe the timing isn't right. You want to pursue this direction and it actually sucked the energy right out of you. It might not be the best timing. So I spend lots of time thinking now I quit my job. What would I want to do? Or just give me some meanings I think can go out and help people and also give me some sort of fulfillment. I just love challenges. I love to understand how different people think. I like to understand how logical discourse and arguments are put together. And it gives me the energy. So when the meaning's there, energy's there, so I said, why not give it a go? And for individuals who want to go into the advanced research, maybe you can practice this uh, philosophical ikigai, the Japanese principle. How do you look for passion, the world wants, but later on, I'll post it on the on the Facebook. And those are some of the simple questions you can ask yourself. And yes, you're absolutely right, Peter. This advanced journey is, this um, advanced study is quite a personal journey. And it's quite interesting. For example, you and I get along so well because we share that commonality. And this is something that after you go through this process, this club shares something that other people just couldn't Mm. seem to understand it. And I I Mm. find that quite beautiful.
0: And Jeff, um, just got a question here from Seth. So, I mean, just linking, as you say, Purpose, meaning, and some of the topics that we went into in just now. I mean, you can see his question there, and I guess you know that was an aspect of 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 your journey as you've you've mentioned now. But how much do you think that should be a consideration for people? Is studying a backup? You know, you can't find a job, so you study, or is it a stepping stone or a a period of time when you can find meaning in your life and go on to doing a job later? I mean, you see hundreds of students going through your MBA class you know, every year. What is, what is yeah. the pattern of a typical student and, and what, would, what practical advice would you have for people re- relating to this question on the screen now?
1: Right, beautiful question, Seth. And says looked like a very polished gentleman. So it's fantastic. I'm pretty sure that uh, you're going to do this um, research for some part for your own purpose. So yes, I think everyone's different it says look like come from a very rich family just joking so if the money is not a big issue yeah go by all means i think you can you can analyze a problem or i think it's irresponsible for me to give an answer without taking a person's every aspect into consideration but i have to say your research will kind of start defining you quite a bit so if you think that i i end up doing um my second PhD on collective intelligence because I want to understand how people work together and then based on that I can do a little bit more consulting I can do a little bit more coaching in a team fashion and also all that so I well I I have been trying to preach this to my students and my my friends don't go into one thing thinking about one value only get PhD or not get PhD get master or get not get master you should think about every aspect of your life what's a trade-off and what's a gain? If I do this PhD, would that be long-term for my, for my soul? It would be happier, would I get my job and all that? And then you evaluate which criteria means so much to you. Maybe, I mean, just like Peter, people, Peter did a PhD and he's absolutely happy with his work. So we're all different, but my suggestion is, sit down, ask the right question first, and ask the question of those questions, saying, is, are these good questions? and then go and sort out, deciding which topic, which uh, university, so forth and so forth. That's my approach.
0: Great. Jeff, thank you so much. And listen, I know you're going to love this question. So, Sean, you know, just fourth industrial revolution and digital disruption, I mean, no industry has been spared, certainly in 2020, as we've all had to adapt, and digital disruption is no longer because of customer experience or efficiency or cost reduction or revenue. It's now this year being about safety and you know health you know because we've all had to sort of isolate in our homes but stay productive and keep our studies going and you've been lecturing and many others on this call have experienced that transition i mean i've got kids and you know we've had to have them homeschooled and and get the online content through through the school and everything and I, i guess we'll get to a new normal but just to answer this question do you feel the direction the world is heading in Fourth Industrial Revolution, is there going to be a resurgence of the role and the importance of PhD students and postgraduate research in general?
1: So I'm going to a beautiful question. I'm going to answer this question from two levels. Um, Back in the day when I was working for CSIR, I was known for advocating maybe PhD isn't useful unless a country can do something to extract the knowledge out of it. Because PhD is, uh, when you start measuring an input to trying to... Tie in with a potential impact without the ability to demonstrate impact. That's quite a big gap. The potential impact and demonstrate the impact are two different things. So once you have a PhD, is that is that something that this country can absorb or not? So and up to something that in the um, you know in, uh, national system innovation all this policymaker they they decided. So that itself on the macro level, I. I'm not sure. Uh, you, should pursue, you should promote more young people to do PhD knowing the fact that there's a um, great strategy so we can extract, extract our, uh, the best out of them. But now I want to keep this conversation on a more personal level. If you spend more time doing PhD for the sake of doing PhD instead of looking broadly, how are you gonna apply it? How does that mean to you? you may not get the best out of your four or three or five years of hard work. I've seen stunning, stunning thinkers and doers just have an um, undergrad degree and potentially reaching their goals. But having said that, if you have the same drive, same thinking, same adaptability as those individuals only have an honours degree, trust me, your PhD and master's will eventually earn you more credibility. And when you are, let's say I'm having a job interview, stand side by side with Peter. Peter has PhD and industry experience, but I only have industry experience. In the end of the day, Peter's already have a little bit edge. So come back to your topic on the fourth industrial revolution. I think fourth revo- industrial revolution or fifth or whatever it is, it does one thing. It magnified the speed of change. It changes in different ways. But it just makes things much faster, much more ferocious in, in, in aspects. So I need to gain every little bit of ethical unfair advantage. So when I go through all my questions, which I talk about early on, do I want this? Do I want that? Out of this, what can I leverage? How can I make myself position ahead? Ah, then I decide whether the PhD should work for me or not. Part of the reason I kept right. on pushing this PhD was because I'm also a lecturer. Even though I already have one PhD, I want to be able to stay in another field to say, this is the field I'm professing, and I understand what's going on on here. Jeff, thank you.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, absolutely fascinating. And now, I I mean, we spoke just now about the practicalities of finding a job or whether that's improved, you know, getting a PhD, et cetera. So Lachelle asks and being very open and honest, and thank you for that, Lachelle. Uh, you know, She says, just for the benefit of people listening into the podcast, thank you, Dr. Jeff. Her question is, I found it difficult to get a job in biological sciences with just an MSc, but would you recommend working before doing a PhD?
1: I would actually, irrespective of which field you are, I always recommend people to, do, to work a little bit before you get a PhD. And especially when you start doing a PhD, if your supervisor, go and check out your supervisor's KPI, Key Performance Index. If he or she is only about churning out academic paper, the chance of this individual prepare you will be along the academic route. And the chance of you pursuing a career in academic will be much more than other, other fields. And I think certain time in our life and i'm also an executive coach so i'm going to put on my executive coach hat somewhere down the line we have a transition in our personality in our mindset aspiration and so forth and maybe just when those time comes or about there you start doing your phd or advanced degree it will give you a lot more than anything else and that's part of the reason why Gibbs. In terms of MBA, we do not take people without any work experience because you actually don't know who you are just yet. And you're going to go into a marriage for four years. And this marriage will define who you are quite substantially in the rest of your life. And in terms of, as I, I sense this another question underneath that question in terms of um, going out for a job and all that. Perhaps you should look into jobs on the adjacent side. And, or just be crazy, go and try it out some other field of, let's say, business. I find that I'm totally biased. I'm pretty out there. I find that scientists are actually better in the business world than anything else because they know how to argue things. They know how to examine things. And if you can take away some of your emotion we you look at the problem, scientists are actually best type of individual come up with good postulates, good assumption, knowing how to solve things, knowing how to get data. So, yeah, I hope this answers your question. If not, you can always get hold of me via LinkedIn or whatever chat.
0: On the group. You're in the group, Jeff, so you're oh, part of the studio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'll put a link on there now. And that's the best place. I mean, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, I mean, I had somebody on the group yesterday. They just needed a quick call, phoned them up. We talked about it um and it's actually a topic i'd like to get to just now but i want to link in with what you mentioned just now jeff about the supervisors And this is something that comes up so often when I've been running workshops for many years, and uh, I think in most of my coaching calls, and I'm sure it's a common topic that you have to deal with as well. Let's just talk about supervisors in general. I mean, you mentioned just now, pick a supervisor based on the direction that they're going to take with you and how academic or or relevant that's going to be to industry. But generally speaking about supervisors, what is your advice to people? And I guess... Often the issue is a clash of personalities or yeah. some sort of conflict, etc. But how do we frame this topic of supervisors in the right way for students?
1: So in terms of, um, let's say, from, from Gibbs, I always tell my students when I'm lecturing them, go and do a cup of coffee with your potential supervisors. Go and do five cups of coffee with five potential different supervisors. Because just like you, you do, I mean, most of you, maybe some you do, you're lucky, but most of you date a few people first to find out what you like, what you don't like before you enter into an engagement. Similarly, for master's degree, would be one or two years, PhD, three or four years. You should actually just go and have a chat to see would you, I mean, just like what um, the company um, Zappos, their hiring policy is, can I grab a beer with this person and still not get bored and all that? And when you have that cup of coffee, try to see through all the stars and moonlights and all this beautiful thing. Because of course, as academics, we will always dazzle you with a whole bunch of knowledge. It sounds great and all that. But go and check it out. Is this person, can he be your friend? When the time is tough, would the person be here for you? And when you tell the person that I like to be micromanaged for my PhD, will the person be keen to micromanage you? If not, get a co-supervise. Because micromanager sounds like a terrible, terrible term, but sometimes in your in your research journey, you need to be micromanaged. And one of my mistakes in my life, some I went to a period, I don't want to be managed. I thought I know everything. Ooh, my boy it's I even mean, that it whack me very very hard <laughs> so i Jeff, think I that's, that's, that's why yeah the, yeah uh, i think Grant, the, Jeff, just is the potential yeah.
0: yeah 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 no fantastic and i mean i guess do you think there's a role for for coaching. I mean, I mean, some of the things that we're talking about today. So you have your supervisor that's sort of allocated to you by the institution, and you may be able to influence that or change it if there's a real conflict at some point. And there's an academic expectation on, you know, the commitment. They've approved your proposal now, and they want to get you through because it's, you know, the the, the, the university gets funding because of the number of PhDs that are done. So they have a vested interest in, in getting you through. But, I mean, some of of the topics you you touched on there, I mean, you know, I also have heard a lot of people find some value in, you know, you can get a co-supervisor or maybe just look for coaching that maybe fills in some of those other gaps. And I mean, we provide some of that here in the student success coach community and the courses and the content that we provide, et cetera. But do you think that's valuable? Is that something people should do to be more successful in their studies?
1: I believe that everyone should try to gain a little bit unfair but ethical advantage. Your supervisor fulfill a role. Your coach will fulfill a role. Your ranking buddy, Agony aunt will fulfill a role. Your previous um, student, oh, by the way, before you choose a supervisor, also go and try to find out their old students. What do they think about this? I mean, getting some feedback from their previous students and all that. So I think this is absolutely, absolutely vital. And coach, the role you're playing now, now Peter, I think is <clears throat> have immense value because sometimes with a supervisor, they're quite, they're quite choppy and you know, we academics, I speak for myself. We have lots of things to do, want to get out of there. And in the beginning, you also don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you ask. And you might be going through some sort of a transition period, some training, but People like Peter or other people like Peter out oh, there have a just experience. Why are you busy talk, 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 and all that? Out of the blues, Peter will ask you, oh, by the way, have you considered this website doing that thing? And you're like, wow. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Get yourself a coach if you can.
0: Yeah. And Jeff, I mean, you know, I think what we're sort of also seeing is a bit of micro coaching. I mean, so there was a lady yesterday, and I don't know, Precious, if you're on the on the webinar today, I certainly sent the link to you. But uh, she popped something on the group and needed some help, and uh, we exchanged numbers. And I gave her a call on the way home, and I think she was in Zambia, and she was quite demotivated, and she just needed some support with a couple of uh, suggestions. And I did my best based on the information she was giving me. And it's possible that that 20 minute interaction just had a ripple effect in her study and in her motivation. And I gave her some advice about how she should get on with her primary research and get her interview scheduled. And she was sort of wheel spinning a little bit in the secondary research and the literature review. And I sort of really advised her to start booking those interviews, committing people to those time slots, because that's going to be on the critical Path of her degree. And she's just, you know, making things get longer and longer. And so it was almost just coaching her to hurry up with that next stage. I don't know if it helped. I'd love to hear from Precious, you know, if she is online. Um, But Jeff, you know, that hopefully just one conversation, as you said, or one website, or one article, or one webinar can make a huge difference.
1: So, Peter, don't laugh at me. Even though my first PhD in computational chemistry, I'm supposed to be quite analytical, scientific, and all that. But one thing I do believe is something called magic of curiosity. Magic of you look for it more, magic will actually come out more. And sometimes a five minutes conversation when you need it in that right context, the mm. ripple effect, the unintended consequences will just go far, far more than you expect. And I an executive yeah. coach myself. Sometimes I'll sit there with my coachee, and for the mm. first 20 minutes, I never I hardly even say the word. The person will talk and talk and talk and talk, and suddenly they will come up with an answer. They will come up with a motivation. Sometimes it comes to you like this. But yes, definitely, coaching, find someone to talk to, and also that stretch your mind a little bit. It helps you to do more lateral thinking. Mm.
0: And the best coaches will, as you say, be good listeners. They'll ask great questions. And they'll help the person self-actualize and and find the journey for themselves which is often the best journey and it's not often just being told what to do it's been encouraged and motivated and given options and then when i talked it through with precious i gave her examples from my own studies and ultimately she's got to take action but perhaps she had some uh, some encouragement and some advice to go forward jeff let's uh to put a question to say you know and those listening on the podcast what were some of your biggest challenges or hurdles and how did you overcome them? And please be honest, Jeff. I mean, you know, obviously uh, 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 don't share all the, and we don't want to put people off doing a PhD. Yeah, I mean, so we're trying, yeah. to, we're trying to get people going and, and successful. And it's all about student success, but, but give us some of those practical examples and how did yeah. you deal with them?
1: So this is about me, not other people, just me. Firstly, I hate admins. And when the admin system didn't go well, I got pissed off. And I got pissed off because I was stupid. So I delayed my ethical clearance for a year and a half and all this. But doesn't mean I wasted the whole year. I, I was still doing something on the side. So firstly, don't let your emotion get in the way. Sometimes just, okay, I'm angry now. I'm sad now. I'm blah, 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 all that. remove yourself out there thinking, if I still get annoyed with this admin people, I still have to deal with it a year from now. Or I feel so sad and down and all this, but then without this PhD or master's, I might not get to the job I want. First things, get some negative emotion out of the way. And this is probably some of the roles that your uh, your coach or your peers can can play. (laughs) Number two, if you can, don't think tomorrow is another day. Because when tomorrow is another day, day after tomorrow is also another day and you keep on postponing something. The best way, you can procrastinate. Uh, I don't know how many of you watch the video from um, Adam Ground talk about how some procrastinator, actually more innovative. Beautiful, fine. As long as you mentally keep on incubating your question all the time. But I find that sometimes the best things to do is just sit down, write three or four sentences, write 10 sentences in a small incremental fashion. Um, you don't have to wait until the results come through to start discussing the, your results. You don't have to wait until certain things to complete to start doing certain things. And your PhD won't change all the time. So don't be lazy. <laughs> I suffer from that. I just, I like to do things in big chunk. I'm just either high, low, high, you know, I, I go for extremes. So don't do that. Another thing I want to talk about is do yourself a favor. Do not complicate. Okay, your life. Go and ask Peter, what's the best, quickest, fastest thing to do this? Um, ask, I'm busy teaching a group of, of um, PhD candidates in no, the moment, they read aloud and I say, so what is a gap in this field? They say, oh, okay, some of them are not quite sure yet. I say, before you start looking at all this, you should dive into the literature, only focusing on the gap part. So there are a quicker way of doing things and later on you can retrofit and to enrich your knowledge. And even when you design your experiment, gee, I decided to design something quite difficult (laughs) and it's only a certain window I can analyze those those, um, constructs and all that. Oh my boy, I I spent like two and a half years just gathering the data. And sometimes certain things didn't go right. I have to throw away a whole bunch of things. Do yourself a favor. This PhD, just a little aspect of your whole life. Certain things you want to do, you can do later. Try not Mm. to complicate yourself. Mm. And lastly, but not least, least, have somebody hold you in check. Have someone to discuss with because PhD is quite a lonely journey sometimes. And if you don't have that interaction, some people are able to, you know, you will set the milestone, but generally when you fail, nobody cares. And life does take over. You have kids, you have work and all that. So find yourself, have a support system. Yes, Peter?
0: Mm. No, Jeff, I mean, brilliant. Thank you for finishing off your answer on that question. I mean, those are all excellent insights. And it just reminded me, you know, I've just launched a new course on getting Kanban organized, where I teach people, you know, the techniques of Kanban and understanding all the tasks that you have to do in a project and then mapping those onto a Kanban board uh, where you'd have a backlog of those tasks. Then you'd put some of them in the to-do column. And you can do this on Trello, um, there's a couple of other tools, which I actually demonstrate in the course and just really with the aim, as you say, of helping students just get laser focused on what are the key tasks they need to do. And the middle column then is what is in progress. And I teach a principle of limiting work in progress. Um, yeah. and then your final column on the right hand side is done, you know, and that's where we celebrate, uh, momentum and progress. And like you said, sometimes it's just getting a task from your backlog onto your to-do list into progress, and then. Um, into the done column. So I'll I'll pop a link to the course um, and it's available on, on promotional discount to everybody. So I'll just put a link in there and uh, go through it because it's something that's helped me over 20 years. And every time I run a project or when I did my PhD, uh, one of the other techniques I teach in one of the other courses is the weekly supervisor status report. And you just send your supervisors one email per week explaining what you did the previous week and what you commit to doing the next week and you limit the topics that you talk about and that cadence of regular progress and discipline of moving tasks through that pipeline each of those little tasks adds up to a phd it adds up to you know Kyra's saying she's got exams on monday and wednesday and you know hmm. if you work backwards from a successful exam there's a whole bunch of tasks that you need to go through and sometimes we get demotivated and frustrated because we think we've got too much to do. But if you just focus in on one task, get that through your Kanban board and into done, and then take the next one and move that across, limit the number that you have in your progress column so that you are focused on just a, a handful of tasks uh, that you could use to make progress and get motivated. And I, I just, you know, as you were talking, I was reminded of that.
1: I love that. I really, really do. Uh, could I add one more thing based on is some way extend to what you're saying. Um, Use the tool as much as possible, but this fundamental mindset shift you also need to come through. You're not in school anymore when you're doing advanced degree. You're not in varsity when you do advanced degree. And I have seen so many people just want to get their box tick, assignment tick, and all that. I understand certain times you have issues in life, you have challenges, you can't do it. But if you just want here to do tick boxes, your PhD, your master's degree will not be as powerful for you when you end up getting getting it. Um, You yep. might be able to get a degree, but you still don't know how to hold a beautiful conversation and uh, discuss certain logic and all that. So try mm. to do more than just what you are doing now. Try to use this as an opportunity to do better.
0: Yeah. Jeff, how, how, can you just coach Kara quickly uh, live on this webinar now? She's got exams on Monday and Wednesday, and she's struggling with procrastination. We all struggle with procrastination. I mean, you've got a double PhD. I've got a PhD. I think I'm the world's worst procrastinator. How, how can we help Kara today so that when she finishes this webinar, she's got the motivation and the support that she needs to be as successful as possible in her exams on Monday and Wednesday?
1: Well, there's many reasons underneath that procrastination, but I think uh, Kama looks like a bright lady over there. So perhaps she is very confident that she will do this very well, or perhaps she just loves the stress behind it. So first she needs to know some of this underlying mentality. She thinks that she's been doing so well always, so therefore she probably will get, get over that. And maybe she just loves the throw. So that's itself something for her to address. But just quick fix right now, I think the best way to do is find two or three of your friends who love study, who will be sitting with you or even use a webinar every hour to, to check in and who's going to be nasty to you for the right, per, right purpose. Form that support group quite quickly and mm. sit through it. But of course, that also depends on whether Kara's uh, extrovert or introvert and all that. If you're introvert, <laughs> just put it on Zoom. If, you know, all that. I hope that helps. We all procrastinate. We all
0: procrastinate. We all, so, yeah. Jeff, thank you for your insights. Yeah, because we think we can
1: get away with it. And some people just love laugh <laughs> the
0: thrill of it. <laughs> Maybe we like working under pressure. So I'm going to have a go as well, being a coach as well. So Kara, we've learned, I think, in one of the previous webinars about the power of um, burning your boats where you make a public commitment to getting something done. And as we've spoken about, you know, whether that's, you know, getting fit and you need to go to the gym and you commit to meeting somebody at six o'clock the next day and you promise them, like if Jeff is my gym buddy, I say, Jeff, I will be at the gym at six o'clock tomorrow morning. I've burnt my boats and I know that I will set my alarm and I will be there. I've, I've given examples in the webinars and I teach them in my course from my own life of where I've implemented entire you knew IT systems because I've made public commitments to hundreds of users in a town hall that I would do that within a certain time frame. So Cara, what I would like you to do, I'd like you to put a statement in the in the chat and commit to everybody on the webinar today, how many hours studying for Monday and Wednesday next week are you going to do today? So before you go to sleep tonight. And don't make it too big. Don't be too ambitious. You've only got the afternoon and the evening left. We don't want you to stay up the whole night. You know, if it's one or two hours on each of those two subjects, just put it in the chat and say, I will study one hour on this, one hour on that. Don't do exactly that. Do what is going to work for you. But my encouragement to you, Cara, and my question to you, as Jeff and I are coaching you live in this webinar to overcome this procrastination, is to make that commitment to all of us and see if that helps you. And we'd like to hear your feedback tomorrow in the group as to whether um, mm-hmm. that uh, that was useful. So, Kara, we 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 waiting for your uh, waiting for your your commitment there. Um, okay, David says uh, he's also working on his second PhD. I will <laughs> love to speak with you. <laughs> it's not too late to stop david no we won't we won't no absolutely and david so my my suggestion to you and i saw your other comment to have a chat please come into the facebook group drop me a dm and um we can we can have a chat i i don't charge for coaching i'm very happy to do a 30-minute chat and they point you in the right direction uh if it's my content or somebody else's content or some of jeff's content or somewhere else And depending on what methodology you're doing or area of your study, I may or may not be able to help you. But if I can, I certainly will do my very best. So, David, join us in the Facebook group. I put the link on the chat and you can pop me a DM and we can exchange numbers and do a 30-minute WhatsApp call. And I'm I'm sure Jeff would love to know um, what your other PhD is on. I interviewed a lady the other day on the podcast. She's got four degrees uh, from WITS. And I think the record at WITS is five degrees uh so fantastic to see everybody just uh, getting themselves advanced so Kara's put a statement on there so she says i'll be getting about four to five more hours of studying done today so just to recap you know Kara said that she was struggling with procrastination jeff coached her a little bit i coached her a little bit and we spoke about the principle of burning of boats and Kara has now done that she's burned her boats and committed to us all she's going to get four to five more hours of studying so Kara, that's out there now you've You committed, I've got no doubt this is going to be top of your mind when you finish now on this webinar. And the great thing is you can do that before six, seven o'clock this evening and then you've got the the evening off and you've got four to five hours done and you don't have to feel guilty. You can wake up tomorrow after a good night's rest and carry on. And we wish you every success uh, in your exams uh, next week. Jeff, let's take a few more um, questions. And uh, I see lots of chat uh, supporting Cara, so that's absolutely uh, fantastic. Nosipo, um, how do you deal with doubt when you've experienced failure? I mean, this is so prevalent. And I mean, the year that we've all had, the mental stress and the extra burden and, you know, um, worry that we've all got in our personal lives, never mind in our, our academic lives. Jeff, what are your techniques for dealing with doubt when you've experienced failure?
1: So, Nasipo, first first, um, statement I would like to make is even Wonder Woman or Supergirl has a downtime. We always have downtime and there's always setbacks. And as long as I always ask, as long as I'm not going to lose lots of money, going to jail, someone get hurt, or I'm not going to die, tomorrow will be another day. And what holds you back is actually just your negative emotion. Sometimes your ego gets bruised. sometimes just because your motivation dampened a little bit. And that's what, once again tied back to this uh, coaching. Have a coach, have a have support group will help you to bounce back. You will always have doubt, and some doubts are wonderful doubts, i.e., idea doubt. You should doubt your idea all the time, and so that you can go out and look for new, new, um research or new data to help you but uh, when you experience failure just remember if you never experience failure you're not playing your your max and that's the paradoxical nature of life have a drink have a coffee get some whiskey or whatever you can (laughs) tomorrow will be another day
0: jeff thank you i think that is so powerful and uh, if i may i'm gonna add my support to nocipa with a suggestion um, which I've actually written about and taught about. And it's these I will statements written by Sean Thompson. Um, and uh, in that article that I've just put onto the chat, I was going through some some uh, issues of self-confidence. Uh, look, corporate life is tough. Uh, so, so um, you know, it's difficult being a, a nice guy. Let's put it like that and um so what i did we had sean thompson come in and he coached us about i will statements and many of them many of them relate to overcoming you know personal circumstances he lost his son uh when his son was 14 or 15 so he's really been through i mean you just mentioned jeff now about those examples of people getting hurt and dying and those are real real life issues you can't just that you know tomorrow won't be another day that's devastating and he really teaches and coaches from that depth of emotion And um, one of my – and he coaches people to write these I will statements. So, like Kara said, I will study today. And the one nocipo that I wrote and shared with the rest of my colleagues when I was going through a lot of self-doubt and had experience of failure was that I will see myself through the eyes of my children. And and my – you know, when I walk in in the evening – and if you've got kids or you've, you've got kids in your extended family and or you're aware of kids, you know, they see you with this innocence and as you as their dad or their mom or their auntie or their uncle, whatever relation you are to them, you're amazing to them. It doesn't matter how bad your day is in the office. And I, I just had to reverse that perspective and see myself through the eyes mm-hmm. of my children. And it is hard, but you know, that has helped me. And so maybe in that article, just go and have a look at um at, at, uh, at what I've done there and what I've shared um, in that article. Then Chester, I mean, this is just, I mean, we've been dealing with writing uh, on a number of these webinars. So he talks about, he's a second year student. Those of you listening in on the podcast, uh, the question up on the screen uh, says, I'm a second year student and I've been struggling with my writing for the past two years. And my question is what can someone like me to do to get better in writing academic papers, Jeff?
1: So first thing first, get yourself a coach, get yourself an editor, get yourself somebody out there who can show you the rope. That's always faster to learn from other people. Peter's, Peter's stunning, he's brilliant in this area. So ask him for help and yeah, websites out there. Second thing I've been trying to, to, to emphasize these days with my students, do you read the paper or do you analyze a paper? And sometimes when you go and take one paragraph, you will see people first present fact, argument, counter argument, assertion, and example, and assert again. Analyze a pattern of how people combine that, um, that paragraph. Even if you don't use the most beautiful language out there, but if you can convey a thought, can pull people in, tease people, want pe- people want to do to learn more from you, then you're already three-quarters of way there, in my humble opinion. So, two things: talk to people like Peter and those uh, those people who can write, surround yourself with your help. And secondly, when you read academic paper, analyze, don't just read.
0: Great, Jeff. And there is um two videos on this youtube channel which were recorded in one of the workshops that um, i ran at wits university a couple of years ago so there's three hours of free teaching about writing here on this youtube channel um, some of that content and other content i've converted and packaged into an online course um, which you are able to go and have a look at and to access but there is plenty of free content on this youtube channel so chester you can go and have a look at some of that and in a previous webinar we've taught specific practices and principles about how to improve your writing through improved sentence construction and other very practical um, ideas at uh, at that level um karen thanks for your advice to to no reflect on your doubt the failure recognize your success acknowledge them then work through the areas you're having trouble with and writing could be one of those and i think jeff you mentioned earlier just practice generative writing Uh, don't judge yourself Um, uh, you know, as you as you get in the writing out, you know that's for later and for editing. Um, Jeff, uh, you know, maybe any other sort of. I mean, I was just uh, you know reflecting on a couple of the other themes, you know, and the do's or don'ts, and maybe just as we sort of wrap up in the last ten minutes or so, um, you know, we've spoken a bit about emotion, we've spoken a bit about overcoming self doubt, etc. Um, what about just maybe a little bit of the process of of postgraduate research? And I guess, I mean, so. I uh, was chatting with this lady yesterday on the coaching call, and I know you, Landy. we're going to book a call as well and just chat about the process of, you know, proposal analysis or data gathering analysis, et cetera. Just take us through your thoughts on process and how maybe you improved that from one PhD to the next one.
1: <laughs> all right, all right. But uh, maybe before we close, we should spend a little bit of time to talk about how beautiful this process is because I feel that so far we – swing towards the anxiety, negative emotion part. But I would like to tell you, this is a, regardless what motives that drives you here, and if you get accepted, it is likely, it is very likely that you can finish it. You know, otherwise, the university will not take you in. And this is a beautiful process, how you can get more out of there. So just trust the process. But since we talk about process, well, firstly, bug the crap out of your supervisors without totally offending your supervisor. So, so supervisor, right? And if you have this very hands-off lay of supervisor, then you should you have should sort of that before you start. So as I say, know your super processes. Firstly, know your supervisor. Then you go home, touch yourself in the heart. Why are you doing this? Then start looking for the gaps out there. Right? Once you find a gap, nice supervisor, all you, hold all you uh, things you kind of like to do, there will always be a trade off. Because I've seen so many people want to say the word and why at the same time, you know, um, go to the moon and all that. You don't want to be that part. You just need to be great in a certain part. So you also need to learn to let go a little bit. Then it comes to the defining the question, defining your research question. I think that's one of the most important, important aspects. You can still change along the way. But if you haven't set a whole bunch of good questions to ask yourself, what is a good research question to ask? Maybe I will advise you to do so. Just set a whole bunch of questions, and I'm sure you can contact Peter or if you want to contact me. I'm very happy to help out as well. When you have good questions that help you to guide your research question, your your um, output will be much better. But also allow yourself some time to know that you don't know. Sometimes the question will just pop out right in the, after. T- the year of struggling through. So that's before you define the research question. So once you define the research question, then you need to know is how to apply your lateral thinking when you're searching for references. Don't just keep on searching from one one type of thing. I mean, I see Honey is here, a beautiful lady now currently doing a a PhD candidate with Gibbs. So she was, she was, she's passionate about Corporate um, rescue, um, business rescue. So she's been busy. Sorry, honey, I'm using you as an example just because I love you. Um, business rescue and all that, and she struggled to find some references. And we had a chat, and she immediately go, "Aha! What is corporate turn wrong or turn wrong strategy, financial risk, and all that?" And she suddenly realized she doesn't have to look in that part. And we didn't know how to grab all the other good reference out there and bring it back and zip it in such a coherent and logical manner that actually enhance your PhD. And lastly, but not least, Peter's already mentioned, hey, the Kanban, the la- timelines and all that, In the end of the day, a good PhD is a PhD that's done. It's not the one that you talk about all the time. <laughs> I, I think you are the one who taught me along this direction, but in a more elegant fashion. Peter, I might have missed something, so ask me. ask me along, please.
0: No, Jeff, thank you. I think that's a great I mean, we could do a whole hour on the process. And maybe that's something we'll schedule for early in the new year. I think one of the things people do struggle with is getting from one phase to the next. So you know, how do you ra- get a proposal done, wrap that up, and then get into analysis, wrap that up, you know, it's sort of all blurs, I think, and people struggle to step back. And that's sometimes where a coach can help. But you've got to see it in the phases of a project, particularly, I think, you know, and there's some criteria to get into that phase and some criteria to get out of that phase. And it's never going to be a hard stop between one phase and the next. But many people drop out, I think, because they're unable to get from one step to the next. And often in analysis, they've got all this data, they've applied their methodology, and they're over-analyzing. And uh, as you say, the best PhD is one that's done. I mean, unfortunately, I, none of us on this call, and I may be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think anybody's gonna get a Nobel Prize for our research. And I think it would be fantastic if you are, and you can, uh, when you're up on the stage, you know, talk about this webinar um, and how wrong we were. But the reality is we're all going to make a contribution to knowledge. And it's more important that we make that contribution rather than we aim too high and try and change the world or try and fix all the world's problems. And so we've got those research questions. Answer one or two of them. If you can't answer some of them, then there's a section called limitations in your thesis. Put the limitations in there and somebody else in your future work section can pick that up and carry on with it, it's not completely lost. So there's lots of content and courses and coaching available about how to get finished, how to complete your degree and use all these project management techniques to, to stray on track and to be successful. So just as we really? wrap up, uh, Peter, and Peter, you're a regular on these webinars and in my courses and you give me lots of feedback about uh, you know the content that I provide and thank you for your support and engagement. And he's written and we've put it up on the screen there. Anybody listening on the uh, on the podcast. And Jeff, I don't know if you've got any thoughts about Peter's bow tie there. He looks really ready for a job interview. Uh, so Peter looks like he's going to get his Nobel Prize, which is fantastic. Uh, but he says, yep. great informative interview. Many people will benefit from this insightful interview. Thank you so much, Peter and Jeff. Peter, it's an absolute pleasure from both of us. And I'm going to give Jeff a chance just to say thanks and some closing words. But next week, I'm interviewing Bubu Bana uh, on um, a new jobs platform that um, he's launched and founded and trying to get going, whereby high quality students can register on that platform for micro jobs. And you can get paid um, for doing these jobs for his uh, corporate uh, clients that are also signed up onto the platform. And they then post the jobs onto the platform and you can go and then get these jobs and do them um so i'll be interviewing him next week so be very insightful i think those of you that are open to maybe doing extra work and getting extra cash while you're doing your studies uh, but you can't commit to too many hours in a day and it's just a couple here or there um, the job box platform might be something that you want to have a look at so come uh, onto the webinar next week and we'll have Boo Bana um in conversation so jeff over to you for some last thoughts um just as we finish off today.
1: I think the last thought would be this is actually a beautiful, beautiful journey on your life. And this journey can enhance you or greatly enhance you. It's up to you. And sometimes you just need to maybe apply a little bit of behavioral economics to yourself. Instead of so telling yourself, in order for me to get my master's degree, I need to sacrifice. I sacrifice the time to go play golf with Peter, I sacrifice the time to have his kid. You have this deficit mindset. Or you can say, in order for me to get a PhD or master's degree that lead to a better future, grow me as an individual, I need to look for ways to invest. You know what? For this Wednesday and Friday, I have exams instead of going to my social media. Let me invest four hours there. And once you get through that, pat yourself in the back. We also don't celebrate enough. I think we don't celebrate enough. We need to use that part, say, yeah, we'll get this done, go and celebrate it. And I don't want to make this journey sounds terrible and all that. I mean, of course, it's not easy. Let's put it out there, because it's so easy. Every second person have a master degree, PhD, and then we're probably going to create something else above a PhD. So it's still precious. But in the end of the day, engage it with your curiosity. Engage it with the curiosity, thinking about what can you do the best, because you know, September 2022 at two o'clock, that moment will never come back. Sorry to sound like I'm it's, it's this existential crisis. But when you go in, you must just play to win and just try to play to win as big as you can for your life because this moment will never come back. And last word is, guys, thank you so much. And go and push those positivity to South Africa. Go and push your inquisitiveness to South Africa. Go and push... Take Peter's kind-heartedness, this type of readiness to help. Since now you've been helped, pass it forward to help other people. You might not be able to help them on research, or maybe, but you can always help them in different ways. And this is a country we need, all of us, to help one another so that we can not just bring the sexy back, we bring the thinking back. Jeff, thank you so
0: much for your time i know that you're very busy marking and getting through all the things that you need to do at the end of an mba year and uh, i really just appreciate your time coming in today and my only thought just reflecting on your one point around not ever having that moment again what is it that today you can do that in a year you'll be grateful for because that's when you're going to look back and say i wish you know that i had done this or that and you've got to have that mindset Um, and if you can get tasks well managed you can also create tasks for relaxing, and then you don't think you're procrastinating because you're organized and you know what you need to do, but you can also give time for yourself to relax and enjoy. So we've seen an example of that this afternoon. Cara going to get good three, four hours uh, studying this afternoon, and then she's going to relax this afternoon and crack on again with it tomorrow and let us know in the group how she gets on in her exams uh, next week. So to everybody who's provided uh, comments and engaged today, we've provided lots of links and information Uh, for you to go and check out and a reminder of the webinar for next week. So that's it for this week. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Jeff, once again, thank you very much and goodbye to everybody.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks, Peter. Cheers. Bye.